Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Christian, as you all probably know by now. And I hope you all had a very fine, spooky season. We're into November. Now we're getting towards the Christmas time. Santa Claus is coming to town and all that nonsense. And yeah, just hope you're all doing well. Today's episode. We might be out of spooky season, but I would say this is the Halloween hangover hangover episode because our guest today does, in fact, do some spooky stuff and wanted to have them on. So without further ado, we'll just bring them on. We have Skink Salinger joining us today. How's it going? I'm going good. Thank you. Uh, Hello. My name is Skink Salinger. Uh, and I am a hobby taxidermist and horror artist from Melbourne, Australia. Um, and <laughs> I, I thought it would be a really cool opportunity to get on this podcast. I really like what Nick does. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't you don't have to you don't have to oh the, for the flattery you, yeah you don't have to flatter <laughs> me. I, I'm so flustered right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you do. As you said, one to have you on. It's a Halloween hangover hangover because taxidermist, that's something I'm really looking forward to talking about. Mm-hmm. And horror artists, your art's awesome. Thank You're you also, so much. uh, can't forget screenwriter. Yes. And I would like to plug it right now. You are also my tag team partner, my tech wizard of the culture discord. You helped me run the circus we're kind of building. And it's, I just want to say it's very much appreciated everything you've helped out with so far, especially helping with the live stream because Vader and I, these two grumpy old men didn't know what the fuck we were doing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's just, it's no problem. I I really enjoy modding discords and, um, you know, watching, watching movies with you guys is really fun as well. Um, It's, it's kind of funny how it started because I started off, um, I made friends with Vader Boris, um, a bassist online, uh, and I met Dingus through that. Um, and then I, I kind of fell into this thing, um, and I found such a nice little community, I think, of just people who are into spooky shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's Vader I met because... We played a, fe- yeah, that's the first time we met. We played a festival in the woods and our sets, like we played at like three in the morning and then in the woods. Yeah. We, our, <laughs> where we played, there was like a big stage and all that, but we were playing literally in an abandoned house that like the ceiling, like rafters were exposed and stuff and like all this stuff. And yeah, it wasn't the best experience in my eyes for a bunch of reasons, but I met Vader. And then out of nowhere, we played another show together. And then we saw Mr. Bungle together. And then the world like ended with COVID and all that. And we just kind of grew during those times, I feel. And then we started going to the drive-in together. And yeah, v- Vader, I, I love them. They're amazing. <laughs> really awesome person. Um, it's kind of guided me through learning about bass and music and music in general and uh especially film that's that's kind of how vader and i became friends we started talking about really odd 
films that we've watched. Um, I, I can't remember the first one we talked about. It was a really, it was a really obscure uh, horror film of some sort. I think it was, it was, it was something like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, something uh, like that. I love that uh, movie because that's that's kind of like my film forte. Uh, people who know me would know that the movies the movies I watch is pretty much exclusively horror B movies from the 80s. That's Vader and I I feel like our love for each other is built on 80s B horror. <laughs> and that and that's why you fit so perfectly in. It's and that's why we got to hold more movie nights too because there's so many good movies we all need to watch and just criticize. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I've got I've got so many on my list that I'm so excited to watch. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> all right. Vader's cool and all, but you're cooler. <laughs> so let's get to talking about you. <laughs> yeah. But well, well... Vader is to thank for bringing us together. So <laughs> it's Vader, thank you. I cheers to you. I'll take a swig for you. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about first i've got so many different things about me um hmm. all right so screenwriter horror lover and artist and uh taxidermist of course mm -hmm. uh you know what let's let's just what came first let's 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 just go in chronological order chronological order yeah um well i think i think the first thing that came to me is taxidermy it's it's always been one of my odd little interests um to my mum's dismay uh, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of it kind of started off with me doodling around with you know dead birds and stuff in my backyard i know it sounds uh, really morbid, but I've always had a big interest in the natural world. I used to hang out in museums a lot when I was a kid. I used to sit in front of this horse, of this taxidermied horse in the museum uh, in my city. And that's kind of where it started. And um, ever since then, I've just been kind of building my skills on working with uh, different types of animals and, you know, uh, I work with birds and reptiles mostly, uh, hence the name Dead Skink, uh, one of my other usernames that I have. Uh, I work primarily with reptiles. I'd, I'd, it's funny, I call myself a taxidermist, but I don't do much taxidermy, if that makes sense. Uh, I work with bones and alcohol. All right. Uh, yeah um because taxidermy is a process it, it costs a lot of money to do um and the profit can sometimes be uh unbalanced with how much you're paying to do the artwork all right so you don't do like uh say like taxidermy i'm thinking like how people have like taxidermy uh like deer heads like hunters well, and stuff around here you don't do stuff you're, you're more so the cleaning like finding the bones cleaning the bones preserving them and stuff like that yeah yeah um i i clean up bones i bleach them i make artwork out of them and i sell them uh and another thing i do is i do pet preservation 
So for instance, somebody will give me their pet insect, bird, reptile. I, I usually do small animals because it's really expensive to preserve large animals in alcohol. Uh, but I mainly, I mainly preserve people's pet reptiles and insects. And it's been a bit of a learning curve. I found out that you have to use some caustic chemicals, chemicals to, uh, to start off the process. I didn't know that you had to use formaldehyde, which was scary at first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I was talking to an entomologist friend of mine who also does uh, the same type of fluid preservation that I do. And she was like, why, why aren't you fixing them in formaldehyde? Like you've, you've got to do that. And I'm like, cause I'm scared. I'm scared of it. Maybe I, I don't, I, I don't want to get cancer. Um, yeah, it's literally working with a chemical that you use in dead bodies. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's not like you're going, oh, I'm just using, you know, some rubbing alcohol. It's, it's the real deal. Yeah. Well, you move on to rubbing alcohol for the final process, but you start with formaldehyde and that's, <laughs> it's, it's scary. Like I'm, I'm not working in the funeral business. Why am I even allowed to have like access to this? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So fluid preservation is what I mainly do. Um, I've dabbled, I've dabbled with proper taxidermy in the past. I'd, I've done a lot of mice and a lot of birds. Uh, and at the end, the end result did look quite scary at first. <laughs> I wish I had examples. I've given them all to friends. Um, one day one day i'd like to send a send a bunch of my creations over to some of my friends in the us oh, i think that'd be fun i don't have <laughs> well i mean actually i was about to tell you a lie right on air and i'm sorry um you could probably see it on have you got a lie detector what oh no <laughs> <laughs> you can see my lie detector. No, I um I was gonna say I don't have anything taxidermied, but technically, if you can see my computer mouse, that is a spider in resin. That's sick. Yeah, and it's a light up mouse, and I also have a bottle opener, I believe, with a scorpion. Oh. And I'm looking over at my tarantula Boris right now, and she's crawling around like, when I die, you better taxidermy, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, if you can, because I, I don't know how you would go about shipping something like that. But if you figured it out and all that, I would totally love to have something taxidermied by you. That would be amazing. I'll send you a I'll send you a rat coin purse. I've done that before. A rat coin? Oh my god! I'm gonna bring it to the arcade. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that was inspired by a taxidermist online. I think you would really like him. Uh, he's a guy from Wales, I believe. He goes by World Around You, um, with the end of the username spelled out like the like the sheep E W E, um, and he makes these really odd taxidermy creations like they're badly made and he does it on purpose they're like little rat coin purses with googly eyes for eyes <laughs> and, and there's like a pencil sharpener in the in the butt oh my god it's great <laughs> yeah i need to check this person out they sound 
they sound right up my alley. Oh my god. I'll send you a link. He also like chimerifies like parts of animals inside of resin. Uh, one of the most batshit insane creations I've seen him do. He casted like lizard arms, like the tail of a rat, and like the torso of a doll inside of like a block of resin. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's some real like serial killer type. <laughs> yeah, he's playing Frankenstein. I don't know if you've ever seen the uh the 80s Bihar movie Pieces. Oh, I've heard of Pieces. Uh, that's what it reminds me of, just taking all these different body parts from different people and making this Frankenstein out of them. <laughs> so I've had oh sorry. I oh no, you're good. Oh no, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, no. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. I've had people. I've had people ask if, if I could like do stuff with people with consent. I think. <laughs> I think that's that's the strangest question I've ever gotten. Didn't Pat ask you to do that? No, the Pat, Discord? Pat asked me if if it would be possible to taxidermy a human. He was probably asking about himself. <laughs> <laughs> If I if I had a taxidermied von Spreckelson in my room, my life would be complete. <laughs> Just going out and saying it is it's not impossible to taxidermy a person. I just um it wouldn't it wouldn't look it wouldn't look the way you would think it would look. Um because mammal taxidermy, you know, animals with hair. Uh, you've never seen a taxidermied sphinx cat before. Think about that with a person. It would look awful. <laughs> this is true. Because there's no hair to cover the stitches. I mean, now I just want to see. <laughs> I think I want to see it even more now. <laughs> I, think there's, I think there's examples from like the 1800s of when people tried to do it. I've seen, I've seen a photo and I never want to see it again. Oh, no. Um, I'm going to look it up after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to, um, it was in uh, like, uh, it's in Philadelphia. The, uh, it's the mutter museum. Oh, the Mutter museum. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, like I only went there once and like, it was so interesting the stuff they had in there, but like one of the first things you see when you walk in, is like a mummified woman. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it, it, just, it was so bizarre to see and I'm like just everything in there and the jars and stuff it's just like it, there's a whole wall of human skulls and it's like walking it was really like kind of odd being there because I'm looking at all this stuff and like some of the things like it was it wasn't real some of it like it was just like you know mock-ups of things but like most of it, like majority of it was all real. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, it's just, it's so cool what you can do with like, you know, processes like that with like the alcohol and everything and formaldehyde and just preserving these once lively forms. Yeah. Sorry. I had a moving truck outside my house. Sorry if you can hear that. Oh no, um, I couldn't. You're good. Oh, <laughs> I muted myself just in case. You oh, might have to right. cut a little bit of it out. But... Uh, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> what what did you did did you order did you order a mummified person or something? <laughs> oh, maybe. Maybe. 
<laughs> so with um you know you're just doing things in jars and stuff right now mm-hmm. not doing like the taxidermy like you know like we we're saying like deer heads and stuff like that um but do you down the line like i know you said it's costly and all that but like say down the line you could get the resources and all that do you plan to uh like start experimenting with stuff like oh, that yeah absolutely um when i start getting more money in i definitely want to move toward uh doing pet taxidermy uh for people with cats dogs those those types of animals especially for people who are you know grieving and want like they don't want to let go of their pet i know that i don't want to let go of my cat after she dies and i'm going to be getting a taxidermist that i follow to do her after she passes and i'd like to do that for other people yeah Um, I'll have to get the practice in, of course, you know, I'm not going to be working on people's pets unless I know that I have the skills. Uh, but yeah, for now I'm doing fluid preservation. I I don't know if I want to do taxidermy for hunters or not uh, because I've had interactions with those types of people and they're very much a hit or, a hit or miss. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the easiest example for me because I live like in like the pine barrens and stuff and we have like mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. deer and hunters and shall I say rednecks around mm-hmm. here. <laughs> and so it's, it's the easiest example of things I've seen, but I know, I know very much what you mean by not knowing if you want to do business with said people. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not opposed to it, but I'd have to suss out the person first because my work is very much ethics based. Um, I'm not opposed to people hunting. I'm not opposed to people killing animals for their own gain. Yeah. But I am opposed to cruelty. Uh, yeah. And I feel like <laughs> working for those people would make me feel a bit icky. I don't uh, blame you. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd much rather do pet taxidermy and uh, also wildlife artistry. Uh, I'm part of an Australian organisation called the Australian Wildlife Artists, uh, which is basically a group of championship taxidermists who uh, taxidermy native and pest animals from Australia, and they put them into a a competition called the Australian Wildlife Artists uh, Championship, which happens every year. and the good thing for me is that they take people in who preserve bones and wet specimens. Uh, so I can participate myself, even though I'm not doing taxidermy. Uh, and these people are some of the most talented artists I have ever seen. Like you walk into a museum and your first idea of taxidermy is these animals that look, you, you know, when you walk into a museum, a lot of the time the animals look dead. Yeah. Like they have this dead gaze in their eyes. And when I first walked into that hall full of these animals, like done by these talented people, they looked alive. Really? Like these people know what they're doing. Um, and as someone who hangs, hangs around people who work at the museum and goes to the museum a lot, I think that museums should be hiring these people instead of their in-house taxonomists because wow. Like, um, taxidermy is an industry that's very, very misunderstood. And I think one of my goals is to spread the message that uh, it can be a beautiful art form. 
and I love being a part of it. Yeah, it's definitely like as you said, it is an an art form. It's you know, you're not just going and oh, this this animal's dead. I'm gonna go stuff it and just prop it up. No, like it's so much stuff goes into preserving every little detail of it mm-hmm. and stuff and it's like anyone listening knows about decomposition and stuff and it's like really just making it happen and making it like you said like a lot of times like most of the ones i've seen you see the eyes there's just that dead gaze in them but like to have something look lifelike like that's that's a skill Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's all about the respect of the animal too i know when i'm preserving animals and when i'm working with them i make sure to use i have a list of things that i do i make sure to use every part of the animal that i can and salvage i make sure to give back to the planet and the earth of what i can't use and i make sure to respect the animal while i'm going through that process i don't make jokes about it i don't it's it's very much a spiritual process for me in a non-religious way that's that's the only way i can really explain it um i have a very deep respect for nature and what the earth gives us and i think taxidermy is a really beautiful way of showing that you know when i'm cleaning bones especially um i use these things called dermestid beetles uh they're basically a species of beetle and larvae that eat away at the flesh on the bones and Hmm. yeah it's a really good way of giving back yeah um, while also having the work done for you instead of you know burying burying a carcass for six months and then bringing it up and soaking it in water for for ages until it stinks which is worst process that I've had to do in the past with taxidermy. Um, it's called maceration. It's, <laughs> oh, it's gross. Oh. Like oh. I'm, I'm remembering the smell in my nose as I'm talking about it. It's horrible. Oh. Smells are like the one thing, like see, seeing like things like, you know, there's stuff I've seen that gets embedded in my brain. But I feel like smells for me are the one thing that there's some I just do not forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so th- doing like processes like that and stuff, I could only imagine. Uh-huh. So uh, now these um to go back to the uh, the Beatles real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, now is that something like that you went out in the wild and captured or you purchased something like how, how did you obtain them? And like, do you kind of have them on hand or I'm just, I'm really intrigued by that. It's a funny question for me uh, because I, I obtained mine myself from going out into the bush and finding, finding a carcass of a bat in my case. Um, and I took some domestids from that and started breeding them by, you know, feeding them little bits of meat until they multiplied enough to, you know, give them enough to feed off of what I wanted them to feed off. Uh, but a lot of people within the industry actually buy them online and get them shipped over in the mail. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know Sorry. I had to ask, cause like, I know I've um, like being a fan of like tarantulas and stuff. I know there's, looking online like seeing that 
like all the sites where I could get tarantulas shipped to me and stuff. And just like going through the lists of everything on there, like uh, the different reptiles I could get and all that. And I'm like, I wonder if this is something like, like if you got them shipped or not. And that's really cool though, that you went out and kind of harvested your own beetles. I did it the hard way. Um, after a while, they did they did die off because I haven't been doing taxidermy a lot since starting uni. Uh, but I do I do hope to get some shipped over, and because I I'm actually having someone commission me to clean off a kangaroo skeleton soon. Uh, so that'll be fun. Oh yeah. Difficult because they're greasy motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> Uh, getting getting grease out of bones is really difficult. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to cultivate a new colony of these things. Uh, I'm thinking of getting an old, you know, like a chest freezer, the ones that like. Oh yeah. Like one of like one of those with the lid that you pull up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of getting an old one of those because they like cool temperatures. Uh, so. I wouldn't have it plugged in, but they like to be in cool and dark areas while they're working. So something with a lid. Um, that that'll be like, cool. They're really fun to watch. Like if you are ever interested in, you know, watching watching how the decomposition process works, or or just the breakdown process working, I would recommend like getting a little colony of domestids and seeing how it works, or even just like. <laughs> My museum has a colony of them, uh, the Melbourne Museum in my city. They have a colony of domestics that they have rotating around the clock with different carcasses that people can watch as as they're eating throughout the day. Um, that's been really fun to watch. I've recommended to a friend who works in the entomology department there to actually put a live stream inside of the box. Oh my god, that'd be awesome! I think that would be really fun to watch. You're giving me an idea. I I work for pest control, but mm -hmm. I started working there by my company has a bug museum. Yeah, it's called Insectropolis, and I was working there as like a tour guide. And there's all you know different sections of all different you know bugs and stuff and like there's actual we have like a honeybee hive where they could fly out of the building and then fly back and stuff and they build the hive right there it's it's really cool but mm -hmm. um now you have me wanting to go to them and be like hey so how do you feel about having these beetles yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna put some dead stuff in there <laughs> <laughs> now i want i want to propose the idea they did once talk about having like a section like that and stuff and i'm like yeah. that would be cool but i think they said like with the little kids and stuff i'm like yeah it could be kind of gross <laughs> just have it have it like a back room like viewer discretion is advised <laughs> over him and you lift up the curtain oh my god that would my friend was very excited to listen about to listen to this episode because of the taxidermy yeah. and all that but now i'm gonna very much so have to tell her hey we say the M word. She, ha <laughs> she hates bugs. And that is the main one that even just hearing it. <laughs> I should be saying disco rice. That's what we call them in the disco rice. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start saying that term to her 
because I feel like that, uh, well, with her even saying saying it, knowing what I mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Disco Rass. I like that, though. But they, they do. They do look like that. They do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even grossed out by them anymore um, because they're, they're so good at breaking down breaking down what they're supposed to be breaking down. I have a lot of respect for that type of thing. Oh, that sounds so like I sound, I sound like such a weird little psychopath for that. Um, I mean, but- as you said, though, you're a big fan of nature and everything mm-hmm. with nature and like the way nature works. And it's a part of it. It's, it's definitely a gross part that a lot of people can't handle, but at the same time, it it is, it is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Like it's they're fucking disgusting, but at the same time, it's it's beautifully disgusting just how the whole process works and everything. It's you can't help but admire it, even how if you're grossed out. Macabre. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to add about taxidermy, but maybe we'll we'll hop on over to something else and yeah. start talking about either you know your art or your screenwriting whatever what, whatever one came next once yeah. you were done fiddling with the bones what was next <laughs> i've always i've always been a music fan a really really big music fan that that was the second thing that i got into and that ties into my artwork as well everything i think everything that i'm into ties together into the projects that i make um I'm very much a multi a multimedia type person. All of my skills kind of tie together into my big projects. Um, but it's it's mainly it's mainly my music and my art that kind of started everything off after the taxidermy thing because I I kind of left the taxidermy world for a while when I was a teen, um, and I got really into music thanks to my dad. Uh, he showed me Tom Waits, and I never looked back. Tom Waits um, is so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my dad my dad showed me Tom Waits and he was like, hey, there's this really weird dude you should be listening to. I said, all right. And I said, what the fuck is this? <laughs> that, was, that was my exact words after he showed me what's he building. Because um, my, my dad was reciting it one day because he does a really good Tom Waits impression. Um, and he, and I was like, what's, what's this? And he shows me, he shows me the album. What's the album called again? Um, I I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Mule Variations. He showed me Mule Variations. Um, and he showed me what's he building. I said, what the fuck is this? Never looked back. Um, and that, that naturally got me into Primus and, and sausage and all those kind of things. And uh, Mr. Bungle, Mr. Bungle. I love Mr. Bungle. Oh, my God. That that was the concert Vader and I were at right before COVID hit. Yeah. It was one of their reunion shows in New York. And fun fact, at that show, a dude passed away. Not funny. Months before. The sh- oh, I thought you were going to oh, say mo- the show. Oh, no. This was, this was months before. And he was had tickets to that show, big Mr. Bungle fan. Mm-hmm. His friend snuck his ashes in in a pair of his underwear. And during 
I think it's Summer Breeze. Uh, they pull, like he pulled uh, Mike Patton pulled a dude on stage, and there is video online. You see something go flying and a bunch of dust in the air. The no, dude threw his buddy's ashes on stage with Mister Bungle. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, and uh, I didn't see any of it. <laughs> I was like, "How did I miss this?" <laughs> like. That's very on brand for a Mr. Bungle show, though. Oh, yeah. I couldn't <laughs> ask for a better Mr. Bungle show to be at. <laughs> so you started getting into this weird and out there music, I would say. Um, yeah, that's that's what got me into more weird stuff, like my artwork. A lot of my early artwork was inspired by you know, Tom Waits songs, Frank Zappa songs. Um, what was it? Captain Beefheart as well. I remember when I was when I was about 13, I listened to Trout Mask Replica and I did a whole like art series based off of some of the songs from that album. And my teacher told me to stop. Really? Uh, yeah, my, my teacher was like, why don't you, why don't you draw nicer things? Why, why, why don't you, why don't you draw things that are nicer to look at? And I said, because that's boring. <laughs> that best response, best response you could give. Cause it, it is boring. I've always drawn really macabre and odd stuff. I don't think I would ever look back. Yeah. Um, because again it's boring and i like to expand upon the things that can make people uncomfortable and can make them think yeah <laughs> um at the moment my art's been a bit tame i've kind of like since since i've grown a bit more my art's become a bit more tame as like the more my art has become tame the more my writing has become kind of disturbed <laughs> so it's it's kind of like a seesaw when one's tame the other one just yeah rises up and it's like all right we're gonna get fucking weird tonight <laughs> yeah because uh that's that's kind of how i got into screenwriting um like I'd, i think it would be a good time to talk about screenwriting now because it's kind of like uh a very steady uprise into my project starts with taxidermy gets to the point where now where i'm in screenwriting school writing these screenplays that have now been looked at by some pretty some pretty some pretty big producers that are like looking at our work yeah um, like like I, I wouldn't say like big producers in the in the way that like people know who they are but they're working for like big companies like netflix and stuff um all right yeah and i'm i'm really grateful that our school has given us access to that kind of thing um because we can get kind of insight on what we should be writing and what we shouldn't be um and through that i found out that people want 80s style horror at the moment it seems like it's really making a comeback with thing like mm -hmm. especially like with um terrifier like like, <laughs> oh, uh-huh terrifier um 
it's like, of course, gotta acknowledge Stranger Things. Stranger mm-hmm. Things, like eighty, just eighties culture in general. Like Stranger Things seem to really heighten back up, but like mm-hmm. especially with that horror sci-fi, like. It, it, I feel like that was one of the things that just started really kicking stuff off. But yeah, Terrifier, uh, a lot of these new horror movies. What's um, yeah. it's, uh, it's slipping my mind right now. I had another one that's tip of my tongue. I forget. Uh-huh. <laughs> like the, the Evil Dead franchise has come back. Yes. Killer um, Clowns has Killer been. Clowns. Reanimator. That's Reanimator. That's one of my favorite movies of all time and a really big inspiration for my work. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw the pictures of uh, that you posted in the Discord mm-hmm. of the cosplay. Yeah, I love dressing up as Herbert. I always see it in Target here. I don't know if you have Targets there. Our it's Target's like, very different. All right. Well, they have like a lot of, uh, by like the movies and music, they have like, mm-hmm. uh, like NECA and like Funko, like the brands oh, of like toys and stuff. Yeah. They have the Herbert figure. Yeah. Seeing a Herbert figure in stores, it's just like, holy shit. Like I saw, uh, there was a, I just saw it the other day on the phone with my brother. There was a creep show figure. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's crazy seeing like all these things just popping up out of nowhere. Like I never would I, I thought that I would buy mm-hmm. Halloween three figures in stores like it's it's so cool yeah it's it's a really really good time to be a horror writer right now which i'm really grateful for um especially as someone who's writing i i wouldn't i wouldn't say like the nostalgia porn in a way but it is (laughs) like um i'm writing at the moment i'm writing a film about this dude, this musician living in the eighties. Um, and he's being chased by this clone of himself. Uh, Hmm. really excited for that one. It's, it's really elaborate. I I don't really want to go too much into the story because it might get confusing. Um, but it basically, it's about this washed up musician in the eighties. Um, and he, he has this condition called prosopagnosia which is basically where you can't recognize people's faces and he cannot recognize his own in the mirror. Uh, so he begins to believe that he's being chased by a clone, but he actually is. Oh my God. <laughs> that sounds so amazing. Fun. It's going to be a slasher. Um, you know, it's not just him getting chased, very excited. Uh, I love coming up with, weird little ideas like that i take it that's a real illness yes all right i suffer from it so really uh, yeah like a lot more mild than what the characters is yeah uh but yeah i feel like i'm in the right to write about it (laughs) oh yeah because i've got it that's one of those things too it's like there's so much stuff like like i've never heard of that before Mm -hmm. and then there's like um I forget, I forget what it is where people like fear, like, was it? I'm trying to think of how to explain like the fear of like holes, like holes in skin and all that. Oh, like, you see, like, trypophobia. Yes. Like, it's things that you never really knew existed. 
but it's like it's stuff that it's like no there's so much like that could be written mm-hmm. about with it i feel especially with that like not being able to recognize faces even your own like that's that that it's right there sick. screams a movie um i also want to break out into the australian horror scene all right eventually uh because a lot of a lot of people kind of ignore the Australian horror scene, even though some of the best horror movies have come from here. Uh, for instance, The Babadook. All right. Saw, Saw originated in Australia. Uh, so I kind of I kind of want to break into that and write a film about Australia in a way that makes it seem even more scary than what it already is. <laughs> uh I I begun a screenplay. It's it's in its very early stages, but I came up with the idea of a slasher, a slasher villain that uses snake venom as his weapon. All right. Uh like he he works at one of the venom labs at a at a reptile at a reptile zoo or something. Yeah. I I feel like that would be really fun. So they kind of just go around injecting people with this snake venom that that's what kills them. Yeah, something like that. I'd have to develop it more to make it more streamlined. Uh, But I I feel like that would be a really fun, fun idea for a for a low budget type slasher kind of kind of based here. Because I I grew up in the bush. I, I grew up really, really deep in in the bush aka forest here all right (laughs) kind of uh kind of being chased by these scary creatures lurking (laughs) deep in the forest you'd be surprised the scariest creatures aren't the reptiles it's the koalas and kangaroos i could only imagine my friend lived in australia for a bit Mm -hmm. and she was saying like how deer are here that's how kangaroos are there yeah just like driving down the street and just a kangaroo be- and like that i've never been out of uh-huh. the u.s and it's like australia is a place i'd always love to check out but i'm just like mm-hmm. i don't know if my mind can handle that <laughs> <laughs> i'm like holy shit like i went to texas and i was amazed <laughs> like, but that's now do you guys have tarantulas there we do. We do have native tarantulas. So, and you uh, said, and you randomly, you'll be out in in the wild and just see a tarantula. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. They're a lot rarer than some of the other spiders that we've got. All right. Uh, so we've got huntsman spiders. You've probably seen them online. They can get to the size of like a tea plate, like like a dinner plate. Yeah. Uh. I, I have one living outside my bedroom door. He, he doesn't have a name yet. I kind of want to keep him as a pet. Uh, but he's the size of my hand. Oh, my God. Um, or I, su- I should say she. It's, it's a massive female. Uh, and she's the size of my hand. And she's very intimidating. But she keeps the insects out of my room, which I'm grateful for because I have taxidermy pieces in there. Yeah. Uh, I make sure to keep the spiders around because I live outside of the house. Um, oh, all right. In like a little, I live in a shed, so there's lots of insects everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, 
So I make sure to keep the spiders around. Like I've got little jumping spiders that come and check me out while I'm sitting at my <laughs> desk, which is really funny. Jumping spiders are the cutest. If they're like the jumping spiders here. They are. They're yeah. the cutest. Oh my God. They're really, they're really smart and inquisitive. Like I, I was really surprised when I started interacting with them. Like they, they know what you are. They, they know that you're a big, massive thing. Um, and I can't, I can't remember what spider researcher said it, but they said that they are disgusted by the texture of human skin. <laughs> oh my God. Like, they will try their best not to jump onto you because they don't like the texture of skin. <laughs> There's one of those big moving things around me again. I'm not going near it. Yeah, they, <laughs> they don't they don't really like coming close to people, which is a win for people who don't like spiders and not a win for me. I, <laughs> <laughs> I want them to hang out with me, watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is sometimes they do come and watch. They, oh, my God. My heart's melting. <laughs> oh, I, Same with my lizard, too. My lizard will come and watch films with me sometimes. Boris will do that. My my tarantula's name's Boris. Yeah. She'll, like, I'll, I'll hold her and she'll, like, walk up my arm and just kind of sit on my chest and just, like, watch TV with me. And then, like, when I go to, when I go to move her and, like, take her off and stuff, she just clings to, like, my shirt and everything and just doesn't want to move. <laughs> like baby you got to go back in <laughs> so it's i'll My... oh, go ahead i talk over people a lot it's the oh, adhd i think <laughs> i i do do i do too I, i've never been diagnosed but my one friend swears i have it <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say Oh, I was going to say my my lizard, he watches movies with me sometimes. I make sure to put nature documentaries on because sometimes he'll lunge at the screen whenever <laughs> there's insects on. Oh, no. There's many creatures. Now, with um, going back to the screenwriting and stuff, mm -hmm. have you ever thought about writing like uh, – movie about the spiders i'm sorry i'm just infatuated with the spiders now because i'm like the closest thing we have to tarantulas here like is uh wolf spiders that i've never really oh, seen them. them here. these are like i've never seen them bigger than like i don't know maybe like two inches in diameter mm -hmm. so like they're still fairly small but like the huntsman spider those ones are big right i'm trying to yeah. think offhand like what they look like but I, I know I've seen some videos and stuff, but I don't know how much I can believe them. <laughs> oh, no, they, they do get that big. They do get that big. Um, I'm not scared of them. A lot of people are. Uh, I don't know if I want to write a movie about scary spiders because I want I want people to understand spiders more and I don't want to bring more stigma to them. This is true. I, I don't want to bring more stigma to misunderstood animals that should be respected. Now, what if you made a movie where they're the heroes? That would be cool. I think that would be fun. Like, imagine, all right. Like reverse Spider-Man. Yeah. I, I, I was going to be sarcastic. I'd be like, like, imagine, all right, you have like 
this person that like gets the abilities of a spider. <laughs> I, I was just, I was going to be just sarcastic and silly, but <laughs> I understand that. Like not wanting to bring more of a stigma to them. Cause it's, I have a lot of friends that like hate like bugs and stuff and especially yeah. spiders. And when I have them over and they see Boris and stuff, it's like, they've actually kind of conquered their arachnophobia just being around like a spider of that size well tarantula and just being able to sit and like admire it and everything and like holding her and like oh my god this is you know it kind of broke that stigma to them i'm like yeah Yeah. like i i always tell people like especially with work when people call and complain about spiders outside of their house i'm like well, they're outside of your house, you know, building webs and stuff. But like, what would you rather have spiders or mosquitoes? At least the spider webs are catching mosquitoes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's well, the, the thing is, the thing is, most spiders won't kill you, but every mosquito has the chance of killing you. Oh, yeah. yeah like, that's why I say like tarantulas tarantula venom like unless like you're allergic to like a bee sting mm-hmm. th- there's never been like a recorded death from a tarantula nope yeah and it's people always get bit by them and stuff i've never have but it's like yeah to everyone that's gotten bit by them they say like it reacts differently with the type and all yeah. that but yeah it's i always say that i'm like yeah they look big and scary and stuff but even stuff like the goliath bird eaters and all mm-hmm. that like yeah you're gonna be bleeding you're good you're gonna get bit it's gonna be scary you don't want to be bitten by anything but you will survive hey hey yeah. in, in, australia, <laughs> in australia we have the world's most venomous spider um, we we have the record for the world's most venomous snake and the world's most venomous spider. Wow. <laughs> we have, but none of them have killed people. I think I think the only one that has killed people out of those two is the funnel web spider, which is the world's most venomous spider, uh, the Sydney funnel web. Funnel funnel web. They. They keep them at the Australian Reptile Park in Sydney and they extract their venom to make anti-venom to make sure that people don't die. Um, I think there's only been like two recorded deaths from a funnel web and that's from people that have been really remote and haven't had access to, you know, healthcare and stuff like that. Um, There have been no recorded deaths for the world's most venomous snake, which is I believe the central, no, the inland Taipan, uh, which is a little, which is a little venomous snake that lives in the middle of Australia. So I think the only people that would have been killed by them in the past are um, Aboriginal mobs living, living in the middle of Australia. But yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of misconceptions about dangerous animals in Australia you really should be looking out for the kangaroos and and the fucking koalas <laughs> coming from someone like who you know obviously here we don't have any koalas or kangaroos 
But I'm just thinking of just like the little face of a koala and all that. I'm just like, oh, how can that ever do anything? Uh, they get they get really territorial around their mating season, the males. And growing up, I lived like right in the middle of the bush, um, like on a big property. And there was a really long driveway. And at the end of that driveway was this one male koala that used to chase me up the driveway every time oh I God. used to walk back up from getting the mail. And it took ages to get back up to the house and had this koala fucking chasing me. <laughs> like ever, ever since then, I've had like a vendetta against them. They're just like, and there's like videos of tourists coming, coming to like rural towns in Australia getting chased. Oh like, my like, God. There's a video of a child. I think it's hilarious. I feel bad for laughing at it. But then... <laughs> I'm just I'm laughing already because there is they just they chase and there's this video of this child. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a video of this kid getting attacked by a koala. Like I feel really bad, but it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like I've been telling you guys, they're fucking evil. <laughs> I need to see this video. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll try and find it and send it to you. I, saw, I first saw it on Facebook and everyone was warning like the Americans and stuff in the comments, like this is why you don't go near them, especially during mating season because they're horrible. I mean, not for nothing. Coming from an American. <laughs> please. Please don't warn us because half of us, more than half of us, deserve to get fucked up by a koala bear <laughs> <laughs> and a kangaroo. <laughs> can, can have that be a movie? I'll, I'll I'll help co-write it. I'll I'll bring in the stupidity of Americans and just have it where we go there and get attacked by koalas and co-write. But at the same time, it's raising a awareness about uh -huh. how the koalas could be so we're doing good but at the <laughs> same time wonder, very funny it makes me wonder if there is like a shitty sea movie about like drop bears and koalas i, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be surprised with the with the movies that are out now and that are being made like lava rantula I saw on sci-fi and it was just like lava tarantulas. And I'm like, what the shit am I watching right now? Have you seen Big Ass Spider? Big Ass Spider? No, but I have heard of it. My my dad said he would never let me watch it while he was in the house. Because he's that <laughs> he's not scared of spiders, but he said, Don't watch that while I'm in the house. <laughs> Well, I was just, I was, I was at my friend's house, the, the one that hates bugs and uh, like her and my girlfriend were like talking about like bugs and their hate for them and stuff. And we're mm -hmm. talking about these big spiders that supposedly are supposed to come to Jersey that I got to research for the two of them because they don't want to look into it because they just get skeeved out. Yeah. But I was talking about, have you ever seen eight legged freaks? No. I don't think I have. Ooh, that might have to be a movie night movie. It would be. It, it's got a uh, David Arquette in it, who I love. What? And <laughs> it's basically 
there's this guy who has like all these spiders and stuff and mm-hmm. toxic waste was i think it's like toxic waste or something gets put somehow the spiders mutate and mm-hmm. they get huge but the thing <laughs> is when they mutate and get huge for whatever fucking creative reason they decided to give them little kid voices what so these spiders will randomly be going around they're like yeah and it's just like gibberish but like it sounds like a little kid just (laughs) making noises and it's the cutest (laughs) thing ever i think i think we need to watch that for a movie night that sounds great i'm pretty sure i have it if not if not i need a copy but it's (laughs) big ass spider i've never seen but i make it a point Mm-hmm. I try and obtain any like insect. Like mm-hmm. I would do killer animals too, but like killer in- insects, I try and watch and obtain every single movie I can mm-hmm. just because I've, I've always loved those like growing yeah. up, like mosquito ticks, like even though I fucking hate them. It was Ugh. funny. I was just, uh, Googling Googling Lee Winnell because I was looking for a movie that he was in a while ago. He is in he is in or was involved in La Valanchula. Really? Yeah. Oh no. That was one of those movies I watched bits and pieces and I <laughs> I know I didn't finish it. I don't remember it. All I remember is Lava Tarantulas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was looking for the movie Dying Breed. Uh I don't know if you've seen that one. It's about I <laughs> it's it's kind of stupid i enjoy it um also really fucked up it's like one of those fucked up movies that kind of leaves you thinking afterwards it's about a cannibal group of people in tasmania um uh, and these people have traveled to tasmania to look for the tasmanian tiger um Hi. and oh i don't i'm not gonna give up the end of the movie because i might bring it in to watch for a movie night but oh, it makes me feel sick. That movie, I love it, but it it makes me feel odd. <laughs> like, it, I I love that about movies so much, though. Like the ones that just like you when you find this movie that just hits you like not with like the common like sadness or anger mm-hmm. or disgust, but like just opens up this new uncomfortable emotion. Yeah, you know, we're like you're sitting there after, just like, like I, I, one of the ones off the top of my head. Um, I was having like a really bad, like depressive night, and I'm like, let me watch a new movie I haven't watched. Mm-hmm. And I have a habit of buying movies I hear good things about, and it takes me forever to watch them. I'm like, all right, I've always heard very good things about Requiem for a Dream. Oh, you watched that on a highly depressive night that's and not good i couldn't look away from the movie it was like a train wreck i was so engulfed in it and i by the end of that movie i just i turned it off and i sat in complete darkness for a half hour until i finally just laid down from sitting upright and just forced myself to sleep mm-hmm. and it was just like i think about it and like i'm like that movie was absolutely amazing, but I don't care to ever watch it again in my life. 
yeah, because I, it, I'm like it embedded itself in me. Yeah, I I completely understand where you're coming from from that. I've watched a couple of movies like that. Um, what uh, what was the movie about? I can't think of it now. The the movie about this trans man that was murdered. That's that's a movie that I can't watch again. Trans man that um, was murdered. Um, what's it called? I have to. No, I'm not going to Google it. I'm going to think about it later. <laughs> um, that that movie severely fucked me up, you know, as a as a young trans kid watching that. Yeah. Um, and then, like, in the horror category, it's not that I'll never watch it again, but it did change the course of my of my understanding of horror and how I feel about certain topics. Um, Midsummer. I still oh, haven't watched that. Oh, and a lot of horror fans are like, it wasn't. It wasn't even scary. Like that's that's not the point. Um, yeah. It. I realized after watching it because I felt I felt good for the for the protagonist at the end of the movie, and I'm like, hang on, I wasn't meant to be feeling feeling good for her in that moment. I and the whole point about the movie is that if you feel good for the protagonist at the end of the movie, it would be easy for you to be initiated into a cult. Yeah. Uh, and that that made me feel really odd afterward. And I'm like, I'm going to avoid religion for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you with that. <laughs> and, then that and then after that, I became a Satanist. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, if there's any religion, I don't promote Satanism, but I will say that they do not judge. I absolutely do. <laughs> Be who you are. And, and this is where your fandom of Ghost comes into play. Oh, absolutely. I could talk about those guys for hours. I saw the, I just saw them back in February and it's I went mm -hmm. through a spell with Ghost where like I I saw them when they it must have been like around when the first time they came to the states they played the Metallica festival in Atlantic City. Oh, that would have been that would have been when Papa 2 was about. It was right before Papa 2. Oh, it was really? still Papa 1. Yeah, um, Infesti Infestium, the second album, in, in, was it Infestus, Infestus Human? Um, so that the name of that album, I cannot say it. It's in Latin. What, what word that's too big for me. <laughs> 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 um, the the second album came out, mm -hmm. and uh, it was right before that. And like, I just I remember like walking by the main stage. I'm just like who is that creepy ass old dude mm -hmm. i'm like this is amazing like holy shit my brother and i like stopped dead in yeah. our tracks and then the second album came out and like my buddy was into them and they were playing philly mm -hmm. so i'm like yeah screw it let's go to philly like let's go see them and uh it was like an amazing show. It was their first time ever playing Goulet Zombie Queen live oh, at that, that show. So 
And afterwards we waited like by the bus with other people. Cause we're like, I want to meet them. Did you say Tobias? <laughs> there was this, there was this kid that was, he was younger. And yeah. he's like, I know who ghost is. I confirmed it with the drummer, a mastodon. I'm like, what confirmed it with the drummer, a mastodon. Who the fuck are you? He's like, it's Tobias Forge. He's from mm -hmm. this band Subvision and started oh, talking so about it. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know who this is. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Tobias walks out. And I'm like, the whole band, mind you, was loading the gear and all that, acting like roadies. And I'm <laughs> like, and I noticed the one guy's tattoo on his wrist. I'm like, wait, that was the same as the guitar player. What the shit? And Tobias walked out and the kid, you know, all of a sudden, oh, don't tell anyone, turned into, oh, Tobias Forge from Subvision. What are you doing at a ghost show? <laughs> and Tobias just puts his hands together, bowed to everyone, just said, thank you all so much for coming out. Got on the bus and I said, holy shit, that, that was Papa. Yep. And it was kind of like finding out like Santa Claus wasn't real. Kind of upset yeah. me. I'm like, it's not a creepy old dude. But at the same time, I was just amazed because like no one, no one had cell phones out. No one wanted autographs, pictures, nothing. Everyone was just there to say thank you. And mm -hmm. that was it. And everyone went on their way. I'm like, this is probably the most respectful thing to happen in Philadelphia since the cheesesteak. <laughs> and, and it was, yeah, it was, it was cool. Mm -hmm. It's just. <laughs> knew we were going to end up going on a ghost tangent. <laughs> oh, I could go on it for hours because, you know, I I was a casual fan for a couple of years, but I've really gotten into them now. And it's so funny to me because I, I didn't, I had, I had listened to Subvision. I had no idea who anybody was because I wanted to keep it a secret for myself. Yeah. And recently, you know, I've I've gotten into, you know, the side projects of all the current musicians the craziest thing happens. Um, one of one of the backup singers, guitarists, um, Juddy Taylor. I used to listen to this guy in high school. I get into Ghost, find out that this that this dude I was obsessed with in high school is in this fucking band. Holy shit! Because <laughs> they only got revealed like late last year, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that that threw me for a loop. So, and and then I found out that the other guitarist was in fucking Catatonia. Huh? Have you listened to Catatonia? Is really really good. I have not. I love them. Yeah, they're a, they're a Swedish band. All right, I I gotta listen. I I trust your music taste, considering <laughs> dropping the bungle and Ghost and just how it's all over and everywhere. I'm like, all right, and any anyone whose music tastes is like that i gladly uh -huh. listen to any to any suggestions because it's like you know when yeah. people listen to one one thing and then suggest oh you should listen to this I'm i like, listen eh. to everything people say my music taste is the most adhd thing you would have ever seen because like my my attention span is non-existent i can be listening to tom waits one second and then i can be listening to like hard like new metal deftone shit <laughs> like five minutes later like the the juxtaposition of listening to andrew bird 
and then switching over to listening to the self-titled System of a Down album is the craziest thing. <laughs> Driving today, it's like I had a... Well, I forget. Like I think I had like Acid Bath on. Yeah. And then, then it went to like, was it Kylie Monet that does that Can't Get You Out of My Head song? The... <laughs> I just can't get you. And then like, yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> and then, and then after Is that, that Kylie was... Yes, she's Australian. Go. Yeah. Oh, all right. look at that! I was on brand. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then like it went to like daughters or something. Yeah. And, like it's just like, yeah. <laughs> the the music playlist on Spotify is a beautiful thing. <laughs> But Ooh. it just but it just shows how ADHD people can be. Yeah. <laughs> but have you have you listened to Sisters of Mercy? Yes. Ah, oh, they were in Melbourne the other day. I was so sad. So oh. sad. All of my friends went. Um I've been listening to those guys since I was really young. And <laughs> finding out that they were in Melbourne, a five minute walk away from my school too. Oh, I hate when that <laughs> happens. It's, so many times, like, I found out, like, Franz Ferdinand was playing Philly, like, the night. I, it was actually, no, it was the day after. It was Franz Ferdinand and Foxy Shazam played Philly. Oh, I found really? out the day after. And at that point, no. I never got to see Franz, which I've loved since, like, their debut album and stuff. Like, I was so into them. Mm. and never got to see them i'm like what the hell i would have been at that show mm. but it's like yeah the, <laughs> the it's, similar thing happened to me in ghost i found out about them in uh late 2019 early 2020 um and they had been to download festival in 2019 i was just a little bit late um they haven't been here since and they won't be coming here until like 2024 2025 i'm gonna have to wait and they won't be doing a tour i don't think they'll be doing another festival tour around here which sucks i hate it it's like i love festivals and hate festivals it's mm. it, i want to see the band play for their full duration like yeah um almost went to asbury park to see this band black midi with my buddy we had tickets but then one of the members got sick, so they rescheduled. Oh. But the date they rescheduled for, the day after, they were playing in New York. But it was Black Midi opening up for King Gizzard. Mm. And, it, and it was like, oh my god, we'll go to that. We didn't go to either of them. And the King Gizzard <laughs> show, Vader and Boo were at. And I, I, I got their hopes up. I'm like, we're going, we're going. And I was like, ah... Go into the drive-in instead to see Idle Hands and Final Destination. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's a good trade-off. It was. And, like, Matt and I both agreed we didn't want to drive into the city, like, that week and stuff. And it was just like, ah, oh, New York just does not sound fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we'll drive out to the middle of Pennsylvania and watch some movies. You should hear the crazy thing that I'm thinking of doing next year instead of like waiting for a concert. I'm what? saving up to go. I'm saving up to go to San Diego. All right. And, and then when I'm there, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to plan it around 
musicians that I've wanted to see for ages because I'm sick of it. I'm that's, so sick of it. That's not crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> I, I want to see the garden and I want to see ghost and hopefully around the time that I'm there, they will, they will be there. Just have the um, money all saved up and just keep watching those tour dates. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Cause I'm so sick of waiting in Australia for the, like, as like Billy, Billy Joel's coming here. Deftones are coming here next month and the tickets are 200 bucks. I can't do that shit. I hate that. It's so when tickets are that much, it just makes it so much harder. The My Chemical Romance nosebleed tickets for, for here next year are like 150 bucks. I paid that and I was on the floor here, but uh -huh. I got them for face value and holy shit, was that a show? That was a bucket list yeah. band. I, um, I crossed off, I had the tickets pre-COVID and had to wait until now to finally use them. Uh, My Chem were a pair of tickets and then another pair was ramstein oh, i've never gotten to see goodness. them and it was both shows for different reasons were just like yeah my mind absolutely blown it was phenomenal yeah my my best friend who i'm going to see in san diego eventually when i have the money saved up um he's he's my co-host for my podcast meet squish great human being um he put me on the phone for the last my chem show in la a couple weeks ago mm. i i was on facetime for the finale of that yeah and honestly honestly i think that would have been better than than like getting nosebleed seats and being far away from the stage in australia like having having my best friend put me on the phone <laughs> for that final performance it was so good it's they they put on a hell of a show mm -hmm. and it's i i can't reckon recommend them enough if they come back to australia mm. it's just it, it's crazy to think about that like now that the band's back together they will probably come back they like, have to gerard yeah. said things about a new album and stuff like oh, i'm hints. so piss myself when that album comes out <laughs> been waiting since i was 12. <laughs> i i I don't know. I know like my friend and I were saying it was like at least 15 years in the making of us seeing them. And, like mm. my buddy Dylan, him and his wife took like the extra two tickets we had. And uh he saw my cam. He's like, Oh yeah, I saw them. I forget the name. I think it was Project Revolution. He's like, Yeah, I saw my cam. It was my chem, Lincoln Park, and Placebo no way and i'm like oh. where the fuck was i like, was i asleep <laughs> like i wasn't into placebo at the time i knew lincoln park but i totally would have went and i would have got into placebo a hell of a lot earlier mm. but well, um, i want to read out who's coming to good things festival in a few weeks hang on it's bring me the horizon deftones no fx tism Gajira and Sabaton. Ooh. 200 bucks for that. That's a hell of a lineup, too. It's kind of all I'm, over the place. 
I'm thinking of going. I don't know yet. I've signed up for because they're doing offshoot shows and Gajira's doing an offshoot show in town after the festival. So I'm thinking of maybe getting some cheaper tickets to see them because they're a holy grail band for me. I missed them. The one show I went to, they were one of the openers and I missed them because sadly, I'm not like, I never really checked them out. Mm. But I was primarily going for the headliners, which were uh, Volbeat and uh, Slipknot. Oh, yeah. And it was like, yeah, my buddy was like a big Gojira fan, and he was just going off about the show. Oh, Slipknot's coming here next year, too, in March, I think. They're doing Knotfest. Slipknot's a band that I'm like, I didn't, I wasn't like fully into them until. Yeah. Um, until I saw them live at Mayhem Fest, and then not even a week later, I saw them twice in less than a week because <laughs> my brother had tickets for his birthday and my sister-in-law couldn't go last minute. So I was like, oh, you want to go see Slipknot again? I'm like, uh, yeah. And then after that, I just became like a big fan because it was like after seeing them live, I'm like, this band's phenomenal. It was right after, uh, it was right after Paul passed away, but Joey was still oh, in yeah. the band. Like, so it was like everyone minus Paul, mm-hmm. like was like original. As as much as Corey Taylor's a dickhead, I do love that band. <laughs> <laughs> you know who, you know who I would like go back in time to see? Who? Boingo Boingo. Oh my God. I would see hey. Boingo Boingo in a heartbeat. They're, they're live at the Ritz show from 1985 is the show that I would like build a time machine to see for me, (laughs) for me, it it would be their farewell show. Oh, the farewell show too. The farewell show was was, 1990, right? I think so. That sounds about right. I know like YouTube had the whole thing for a while. I gotta get, it's still on YouTube. I watched it all. I think I'll go fall asleep to that tonight, (laughs) but like, (laughs) Danny Elfman is a monster. Like, oh, yeah. have you seen his recent performance that he did the, for the one he just did? Yeah, yeah, I saw bits and pieces of it, and like, dude's just still insane. Still going. I don't, I don't know how he does it. It's that farewell show was like the because I think they did like what, like a forty-song set list or something. Yeah. They did like half of their songs. Yeah, I don't know how. The only the only thing crazier than that show to me is uh, when Sparks did. Like I I saw in the documentary, and that's how I became a Sparks fan. Like watching that, Mm -hmm. but they did, like I think at the time they did it, they had like twenty albums, give or take. And they did a string of shows where every night it was back to back to back to back in days. They did all their albums in order. Really? Yeah. Wow. And and I'm like, I do not have the mental capacity to ever do that. (laughs) Like I can't even do that with my two EPs of cover and uh, one EP of covers, one EP of originals, and a full length of originals <laughs> of Terror Tunes. Like I, I couldn't even do that. 
Like, and it's like not even 20 songs. They did remembering hundreds. all of your yeah. songs too, like rehearsing them all and remembering them all, especially after having like 20 albums. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know how Tom Waits does it. Have yeah. you seen how many albums that guy has? Oh, yeah. It's insane. I think he has like 25, even more than that. And apparently he has like a library of hundreds of songs that he hasn't released still. That's, it's like, it's kind of like Johnny Cash. Mm. Johnny Cash, Prince, David Bowie. It's like, I don't know. There's all this music that just randomly pops up. Like it's, I hope one day I've reached those levels. Where it's like, even when I'm gone, I'm still dropping new mixtapes. <laughs> <laughs> Posthumous albums, baby. <sighs> All right. Well, before we wind it down, we'll get mm -hmm. on track real fast for a bit. And then we'll kind of wrap it all up. Just want to talk about your podcast and then oh, anything yeah. else. Because we didn't mention that at all. Uh, REM Sleep Raiders. <laughs> Yes, REM um, sleep readers. I know you're I'm, on kind of like a bit of a like a yes. pause with it, right? Yeah. yeah. It's been on pause because I'm uh, I was doing uni for half of last year and I had a lot of stuff going on and I have a lot of trouble editing because uh, I've had a couple issues with past episodes that we've recorded. Uh, but basically, REM sleep readers is a podcast where we take dream submissions from people and uh it's dream submissions and we interview musicians and artists it's kind of like a mixed bag but the dream theme of the podcast is always there basically we take in dream submissions and my friend atlas and i also known as meat squish we turn them into lore so basically the base law of the podcast is atlas and i are people living in the apocalypse underground in a bunker and the more these dreams come in, we add these creatures and people and stuff to the lore of this podcast. And our plan in the future is to grow it into kind of like a fictional thing. Uh, so far in the podcast, we've got lore about sentient cigarettes that graze on grass like livestock. <laughs> That's a dream that I had that's kind of turned into an enigma at this point. Um, they live in a little town called Pisspot Creek. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, we also have the Tooth Lizards, which is the brand of the podcast. Uh, for a number of years, I've had this repeated dream of me working in a morgue and I pull out one of the drawers where the cadavers are and it reveals this tiny little, little orange lizard covered in teeth that's harvesting teeth from the corpses. And every time I've had this dream, the lizards multiply. And at this point in time, there's thousands of them like flooding the room. Um, and that's kind of become law in our little project. <laughs> um, I, I love taking dream submissions from people. They're absolutely crazy. Um, and well, one thing, one thing I always ask people in the podcast what is the weirdest dream you have ever had? Is that a question for me to answer now? Yes. Um, off the top of my head, 
because I've had a lot of crazy ones, and like my my dreams now, it's a it, it takes a lot more for me to remember them. And um, like I for the most part, like I I don't remember the last dream that like I could think of, but when I was younger, it was definitely more like a parent and happened a lot more of me actually remembering them. And one of them, (laughs) I was on a table, like an operating table surrounded by doctors looking up. It was first person view and I see them operating. And then it turned into an aerial view of the operating table. And I was a plate of buttered syrup waffles. Wait, you were. I a was. Plate. <laughs> and then the doctors ate me. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that means. But <laughs> that is a dream I remember having as a kid that has like, always stuck with me my whole life. That's and... where I'm saying that is material. Yeah, that's that's similar <laughs> to what we get. Like, because I've had like a lot of like post-apocalyptic dreams mm-hmm. and all that. And like stuff that, you know, like have a lot like you know, a lot like deeper stuff that yeah. like, you know, but that like it, it, they're out there, but it makes sense. This dream for the life of me, I'm like, listen, am I destined to be an ego waffle? Because I mm-hmm. mean, if I am, you know, whatever, you know, they're delicious. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I'm like, th- that's one that I just remember as a kid that I just, I have no clue. Yeah, where it came from or anything, but it's like to this day, it's as vivid as as if it were yesterday. (laughs) I was probably like five. Yeah, I think the weirdest one I've ever had, like to this date, and I I've been on like antidepressants for for most of my life, and that causes weird dreams. The weirdest one I've had, it was off my medication. Five about five months ago, I had a dream that I was in a public bathroom. Like like a massive public bathroom, and I was in a I was in a stall just standing there, and there's a hole there, there's like a glory hole in the side of of the stall. Someone sticks their hand through the hole, holds out a plate of food, and I go like, what what the fuck is this? And they're like, <laughs> sir, this is the fuck house diner. What the fuck? And <laughs> like I was I was like. Who who built who built a diner inside of a bathroom that's really unhygienic? And they go, I I like I don't know who built this. This food's for you. Just get it and go. And that like that was it. It was the most like I felt I felt like inside of the dream I felt insane. Everyone else was normal. This person was like acting like this was the most normal thing on the planet. Oh my god. Fuck house diner. The fuck house diner. <laughs> I'm so tempted to like if I could animate, I would animate that dream. Like I, I have a very specific vision of what it looked like. It was in the same bathroom, like uh it was in the same bathroom at at the at the Melbourne Central Station in my city. The same, the same bathroom where once I walked in, there was there was a carton of milk on the floor, and there was like, a like a soggy loaf of bread, on the floor. Someone making French toast, like <laughs> someone, someone making making French toast in the bathroom, but like, 
um i think that might have been what spurred on that dream but i don't know what it meant that's for sure <laughs> it meant that you gotta make the fuck house diner <laughs> you gotta make it a thing <laughs> so it's it sounds like it sounds like the the plot of like a of like some weird porn oh it does like I just, I want a t-shirt or a postcard or some sort of something that just says greetings from the fuckhouse diner. What if, what if I made that merch? I mean, it's one of those things that if you made it, even without any context or anything, if someone saw just welcome to the fuckhouse diner, like, I, th- I feel like people would buy the shit. I would buy the shit out of it. But like... I, even if I didn't know what it was, if I just read greetings from the fuckhouse diet, I would I would lose it. I'd be like, what yeah. the hell is even that? <laughs> I do I do have a merch design for REM Sleep Raiders um, that came with the Piss Pot Creek episode. Uh, it, it says greetings from Piss Pot Creek 8000 BC. And it's an it's an image of these cigarettes munching on grass in like pretty scenery. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I think I'm going to open a store for MC Braiders once we start picking up again and once I find a fucking editor because I can't do it on my own. Um, but <laughs> the, the yeah. merch is going to be so good. That's the thing. You got to do it. And I don't know. It's there, There's just so <laughs> many possibilities with it because oh, yeah. it's like with the outrageous shit with dreams and all that, it's like especially with putting together like creating like a story and all it's Mm -hmm. the possibilities are endless and it's it's just it opens up new doors of creativity like i like cigarettes munching on grass i've never heard that before in my life Uh the the last episode we recorded that i'm editing right now it i it wasn't a dream but some of the law i'm excited to turn it into something like a piece of art we came up with the idea of the Jonas Brothers as a three-headed hydra. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> Holy shit! And it like hunts us down through the windows. Um, it specifically targets people from San Diego. Oh my god! And you want to go to San Diego? <laughs> oh shit! What, what, they're gonna, they're what, what if the moment you land in San Diego, all of a sudden it's like, here's the Hydra Brothers? <laughs> the Hydra Brothers. <laughs> I, was, I was about to start singing a song as if oh, it were no. the Jonas Brothers, but then I realized that's not the Jonas Brothers, that's One Direction. <laughs> in, 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 the, in the one of the earliest episodes, we had an idea because we were talking about the, the 2019 Cats movie. And I still gotta I'm, watch that. Oh, uh, we should watch that on stream. It's it's like a horror movie. It's horrible, but I anyways, will, I will buy a copy of it. Yeah, for that. But but anyways, we got onto the topic of James Corden as a as a cat man, <laughs> and that devolved into the topic of Danny Elfman cat boy surgery. What that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, this is the type of stuff that happens on my podcast. Like, people who are listening, if you want to have the laugh of a lifetime from people in their early 20s, give it a listen. Because <laughs> it's, it's nuts. 
I, I got to give it a listen because I can use a good laugh and I got to get back on the podcast train. I've just been listening to mm-hmm. music lately. All the podcasts I were, was listening to, I mm-hmm. kind of fell off with. I got to get back. Yeah. That's my own demons. I got to work out. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. If there's anything else you'd like to add about what you do, um, you can do so now. Absolutely. But if, Give me the if, um, if you're done, though, then we will start winding this thing down. But yeah, uh, you have anything else you want to talk about or. Um, uh, oh, well, uh, could I could talk about my services. Uh, so I I'm an artist. Obviously, I've spoken about this during the podcast. Uh, I take commissions for artwork. Uh, digital and uh, physical artwork. If you want some of my artwork, I will send it in the mail Ooh. to you because I hate doing digital art, but I will do digital art if you want digital art. Uh, <laughs> uh, my Instagram and Twitter handle is dead. Whoa, 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 whoa. If you're going to plug that shit, it's about time we take a little ego trip. And you're plugging oh. now. We're gonna hop in the car. We're gonna fight off some fucking mutant ranchulas, lava ranchulas, and taxidermy them. And you could just plug it now. <laughs> I, I I have to do the intro. I don't know. I feel like it's part of me. It feels whole. <laughs> I forgot about the ego trip. I'm so sorry. Listen, this podcast has been a trip, and I loved every second of it. <laughs> it's I, I've been needing some good <laughs> tangents in my life, so it's. I... <laughs> but no, I'm sorry to interrupt. But dead skink. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I I take commissions for digital and physical artwork. Uh, if you want me to process process bones or make jewelry out of bones and weird little items i can do that as well uh uh my my instagram and my twitter is dead skink one word uh my tiktok is dead dot skink uh, i post little memoirs of my dreams there uh i'm just starting it back up again after going on a little hiatus from that app because i hate it so much it's such a blessing and a curse Uh, (laughs) it is it really is i I find myself laughing the hardest i ever had and then feeling like my soul has been sucked from my body (laughs) at the same time pretty damn much uh my my twitter my twitter is a bit of a hellscape if you if you want to see posts about ghost and a bunch of the other weird little fan bases i'm a part of go and follow there if you want to see my artwork and if you want to commission me uh my instagram is dead skink i need more attention on there because i am getting absolutely no attention with how bad the algorithm is right now and artists need a lot of help (laughs) (laughs) um last plug uh rem sleep raiders my podcast with my good friend at meat squish on instagram plugging plugging my friend there he makes some amazing art too uh and that's that's about it for me i don't i don't really have anything else um uh you can you can email me (laughs) (laughs) 
you can you can email us your dreams if you want to submit some dreams to the REM sleep raiders email which is uh remsleepraiders at gmail.com and that's about it cool and uh of course as always everyone listening i will have these listed for you to dive into that description and just type them in follow go do it what are you waiting for <laughs> as always you know you can find me at colt underscore sure underscore on uh facebook instagram twitter that i barely use too and need to more um join the culture discord uh this is one thing that pisses me off about discord <laughs> This is, and I'm not, I'm saying this to everyone, but also you, Skink, primarily because I might be fucking something up. <laughs> um, how the invite link is only 24 hours. There's no. Th- oh, you can set it to oh, permanent. Oh, I can. I will set it to permanent and I will put a link somewhere You're for fantastic. you. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. So, everyone, keep out, keep an eye out for that. Um, there should be a link tree that I should be doing tomorrow, Monday. Uh, so keep an eye out. We'll have that link for you to join our madness, which is the discord server. Uh, we're trying to just really organize it where you could promote everything you do on there. Just network, meet new people, have fun. Only rule is don't be an asshole because I will fuck you up. Skinkle taxidermy you and we will sell you. um you can find me in there posting my artwork and doing silly little exactly it's i gotta say it's been a lot of fun so far i try and pop in like it's a lot to keep track of with everything but yeah it's definitely cool it's i enjoy seeing what everyone's doing there's a lot of cool people i'd never met before in there so it's great and (laughs) it's really want to just make this hub that's better than culture family on facebook which i will plug but we're kind of saying fuck the facebook eat me zuck we're going to discord you call you're getting modernized exactly (laughs) and you can also (laughs) find me at terror underscore tunes t-o-o-n-s underscore on the twitters which i don't use uh instagram facebook and terratunes.bandcamp.com where there's merch there's music you could get the pat von sprickleson design new culture t-shirt and also probably posted by now the new culture sticker and yeah that's about it and skink i thank you so much for being on today it was great to finally thank you so much for oh, having anytime me. it was so great to finally have you on and shoot the shit and just talk about everything and get to know more about what you do. Cause it's you, as I said in the beginning, you really saved our ass with that live stream. You really <laughs> came in and now it's you're, you're part of the squad. So I really want to really want to sit down and talk just one-on-one and get to know you some more. And it was great. It was great having you on. I ramble a bit and I have very disorganized speech patterns, but I tried my best today and that's what matters. You did great. And that's coming from someone (laughs) who also rambles a lot. (laughs) 
We'll have to get you on REM sleep raiders to talk about dreams and get you to talk about yourself. So I was once an ego waffle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd, I'd absolutely love to. It sounds funny. I got to, uh, I got to hop on and listen. Um, We'll, we'll talk more about that and off air and everything. <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would love to be on and I definitely can't wait to listen about this crazy madness of these dreams you've had with the, the, the coming soon diner. <laughs> <laughs> we got cheeseburgers. We got glory holes. <laughs> Uh, I need some sleep. <laughs> anyway. I will let you rest. It is 12 o'clock in the afternoon it's here. 8.43 at night here. But I, I've oh. been going good. It, it's not late, but in my old age, I've become a grandpa. And uh had a busy day <laughs> at the flea market today and just doing other miscellaneous stuff. And yeah, we gained an hour of sleep. I feel like I lost like 30 hours of sleep. It's weird. I don't get it. <laughs> but all right, Skink. You have a great you have a great right. day. And we'll be we'll be in talks on the Discord, yes, the Instagrams, absolutely. all of that. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being on. Right, take care. Bye. And here to play us out on episode 22 of the Culture Podcast is Deja Gravy with their song, Revive.